Well, good Wednesday morning, everybody. It is the 3rd of November, and my title today is, Is Today a Heart Attack Day? I hope not. (laughs) Do you ever wonder about your liability of having a heart attack? Probably not, since most of you are young and in good health. But old folks like me and my wife, she's lived for years knowing that her aortic valve was wearing out. And so to prevent a heart attack, she had it replaced with a new one. Amazingly, they were able to put it in place by taking it up a vein in her leg and then inserting it instead of cutting open her chest to do it, for which we are all very thankful. One year later, a few months ago, they placed in her body a pacemaker and a defibrillator and ran three wires from that device into her heart because, well, side B was not keeping up with side A. Side B was slacking off on the job and only operating about 25%. And now through the internet, those little pieces of life-saving equipment sends reports to the cardiologist's office to keep everything monitored with my wife not even knowing when it's happening. Amazing. All of this to prevent her from having a heart attack. Obviously, the condition of our hearts is critical to living a healthy life. However, it can also be critical to our whole life as well. Look at what Solomon wrote in Proverbs 13, 11, and 12. Wealth obtained from nothing dwindles, but one who gains by labor increases it. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but desire fulfilled is a tree of life. The first verse warns us that the one who obtains wealth from doing nothing has it slipping through their fingers. Maybe that person won the lottery or they received a big inheritance, uh, but it tends to dwindle away to nothing. They don't value it because they didn't have to work for it. Following this idea, notice what it says about our heart. If we have hope for something and it does not happen, and in today's world means you must be waiting for something, anything, and our hearts grow sick. We want easy wealth, easy money that suddenly shows up on our front porch like the publisher's sweepstake guy. It is usually squandered away and dwindles. I know almost all of us understand the next verse about our hope deferred. For years we've hoped that we will overcome our sexual brokenness. We want God to do a miracle and heal us instantly. And we have asked for that Repeatedly, we've gotten on our knees and begged for this thing that it it would be so simple for God to do. We might even gain some hope by going to a conference or seeing a counselor 
or reading a book or listening to a tape. But as the days pass, we find the beast is still in its cave, grumbling to be fed again. Our hopes have grown high because, well, this time I really mean it. Or we may be scared to death. Our secret sin will be discovered. Alas, the hope remains deferred and our heart grows sick. So what does a heart that is sick mean or feel like? It is a heart whose hopes have been dashed too many times and those hopes remain unfulfilled. It is a heart that is slowly growing more angry and more bitter. Instead of it being the seat of our joy and thanksgiving, it has come to believe that we will never be able to stop this and our vehicle is fastly approaching the cliff of no return. So I think that is why these two verses are matched together in the Bible because they're illustrating to us the same idea. Rapidly gained wealth slips through our fingers. Because we do not work for it, we don't value it or we don't protect it. But if you have had to work for it, well, then you're very careful in how you would spend it and invest it in things of value for yourself and others. And so it goes with the hope in our hearts. In our hearts, we want a quick fix, right? I call it the zap trap. We want God to zap us and heal us instantly. We want healing without effort. We want our secret sin to remain in the dark and to not call for our attention too often lest we be found out. By now, I hope you've learned this lesson. Hoping you will get better and begin to separate yourself from this addiction amounts to little or nothing. Hope doesn't accomplish anything. It's actions that follow hope. We, we want this addiction uh, to fail and we want to be healed, but we want it in some simple way that will not cost us anything and we can have our secret kept safe. And so our hearts grow sick. We choose to live a life of isolation and live in fear that our secret sinful behaviors will be discovered. Our enemy, he whispers in our ear that, oh, it's okay, no big deal. You know, you can stop whenever you want. And so maybe this will just be the last time. Go ahead, do it. And our hope is, we will not have to do the work necessary to find freedom, and our heart grows sick. So what's the answer? Well, there is no one answer for everyone, because there can be a number of reasons behind this addiction that has developed and grown into your life. There may be some things in your past that are so painful that you use porn and sex to take the pain or the stress of life away. But it always comes back a little bit stronger and a little bit darker. There's nothing wrong with having the desire 
to become pure and more Christ-like. In fact, that is what we're supposed to be feeling and desiring. And then we begin to find the help we need so that those desires remain unfulfilled. And when that begins to happen, then our heart is no longer sick and it becomes a source of life for us as it should be. Now, it is clear to all of us that having this desire to live a more holy life is not enough. Having that desire for godliness is normal for every Christian. But how does the desire become fulfilled so that we can eat from the tree of life? Well, I have it in in a statement of just seven words. Stop trying to do it on your own. Well, I guess that was eight words. Stop trying to do it on your own. Tear down the walls that have imprisoned you, causing only isolation where the sin grows stronger and your heart grows sicker. Let some light in and tell the truth to some people you can trust and who will be able to help you just as others have helped them. In fact, James tells us the answer where he says, Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. Do you see the phrase that's repeated? One another. Confess to one another and pray for one another. Notice those words again, one another. That means you're not alone. You're in a community of others helping one another instead of remaining isolated with your hopes deferred and your heart growing sicker. Please contact me. You know, we can help you find a place where you can tell the truth with no condemnation to a small team of other men who have been and are fighting the same battle. And what that will do in your life, it will amaze you. This is John Doyle with 180 Podcasts. God bless you, my friends. I hope you do have a great day in the Lord. Take care, and we'll talk again tomorrow. Goodbye.